covering pro wrestling bell to bell. It's Talking Bumps with Tiny and Alex. This week on Talking Bumps, I'm Tiny, and along with Alex, I'm upset. Alex, I'm just going to dive right in. <laughs> it's bugging me, and I've got to get it out. The biggest thing is AJ Styles is all but confirmed to be The Undertaker's opponent at upcoming WrestleMania, and I think that is a travesty. If you have Sting, who can go, and I don't care if anybody thinks that Sting, it, nobody expects a five-star match no. between those two. No. But you expect a five-star moment, and it's it, it could happen, and you're not going to give the people what they want. So I hear Vince McMahon say that he gives the audience what they want. He listens to the audience. No, you don't. Turn up your hearing aid because this is what people want. We want that moment, and I don't care if you're worried that it's going to outshine everything else in the card. Guess what? The part-timers, they do outshine everything else in the card because no thoughts put into anything long-term. So I want Sting and Undertaker, and I know I'm not the only one. Oh, you're far from the only one, Tiny. I, it's one of those things that it's a dream booking. We finally are on the precipice of seeing something this huge. It yeah. is possible. It is actually you know, in the cards. It could happen. And it just seems to me that they're missing this opportunity, which is just crazy. I, you know, We always talk about... Having that WrestleMania moment, this is it. Yeah, oh yeah. This is the one. This is the one that never happened that people wanted. I admittedly, and I said to you, I think in our very first episode of Talking Bumps, that it is not something that I ever fantasy booked back in the day, so to speak. Right. I never, during the Attitude Era, when when they were both going full steam ahead in WCW and WWE, I never uh, thought, well, I'd really like to see them. But as time has progressed these past few years, I would love to see those two legends go at it. Oh, absolutely. I those, mean, those dark characters just, yeah, it'd be awesome. Well, and that's, I think that's really what it boiled down to was, you know, the, 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 the crow sting version, you yeah. know, the, the black and white pain against the dead man. What a moment. I mean, that's, and he could do it. They could both pull it off. And I think they would actually have a really good match. I could see them putting together a match that is quite good. And, and, you know, honestly, though, it would steal the show. Maybe. I, I don't think all hope is lost. There may, WWE may bring Sting around in this some way. I, I think it would be in their best interest if that is still in the cards and this is still possible for them to go ahead and do that. This Have eight, they? I don't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. uh, you, you watch the product, and I'll watch the couple weeks leading up to WrestleMania. Have they hinted at Taker Sting? I mean, not Taker Sting. Uh, Taker and AJ on TV? I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, just this week... AJ was cutting a promo, and he did sort of name drop Undertaker as sort of a, oh, I could, you know, who could I face at WrestleMania? He was basically talking about facing one of the champions at, at WrestleMania. And he said, you know, oh, well, it could even be Undertaker. And there was kind of this moment where everybody, you know, collectively just sort of sighed and said, yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. And and a lot of it is because of the rumors that have come out. I mean, you think they're going to do a swerve, bro? I could see it. I could yeah. definitely see it. I, I mean, The Undertaker has been recently quoted as saying that he believes that AJ Styles is sort of the new Shawn Michaels. I don't know if I buy that, but, you know, he does have... Close enough. Of, Closer he, than anybody else. Exactly. He does have that star power. AJ really does bring it, and he's old enough, and he's worked long enough to just know how to have a really solid match with any person in the industry. So it, it, it definitely makes sense. I understand it. I understand why The Undertaker would want that match with AJ. I do get that. But if you're, again, if we're, if we're taking a step back and Sting is available, there's no reason you wouldn't. Pull the trigger, 
please. Yes. I don't care if they have to come to the ring with walkers. <laughs> if you had to go back to the old days in like WrestleMania three, where they had the, the golf carts with the little ring on them. Yeah. I don't care. Just do it. Make it happen. Please. For the love of God. I know it's right there. It's right there. And I'm sorry, but this, this does not to me, maybe this is probably best case scenario. If AJ Styles is going to face the undertaker, then what I'm about to say is probably best case scenario. Maybe just maybe they know that WrestleMania sells itself. Mm-hmm. And maybe we're thinking ahead to SummerSlam. Maybe, maybe that, that very well could be. And, and I mean, Fightful just reported this week that undertaker was in the performance center as recently as last week, getting yeah. ready for, you know, whatever is going to be coming over the next couple of months. I think that taker is going to be a little bit more involved because he did have really a couple most recent match was fantastic. I thought when yeah. he tagged against uh, Drew McIntyre, that match was spectacular tagging up with Roman Reigns. That was, you know, it made them both look really good. Undertaker looked really good. I mean, it just makes sense that he would at least have a, a few more matches in 2020. I could see it. What else we got? WWE. We got the super showdown coming up. That's on the 27th of this month. Goldberg taking on the fiend. Uh, we know where the fantasy booking leads that we had a couple weeks ago was, uh, would love to see Goldberg go over on that one. Then undertaker, get his revenge on Goldberg for their botch fest at super showdown. Mm-hmm. And ultimately that would, uh, hopefully lead to sting getting involved. Right. Right. But I don't think that's going to happen. You have a theory that uh, of what you think is going to happen with that match with Goldberg and the Fiend. Yeah, my money is on the Fiend basically burying Goldberg. That makes me really sad to say that. Well, yeah, I know because you don't want to see it happen. I don't think anybody wants to see that happen. I don't necessarily think that Bray needs to go over on Goldberg. I don't think it's a necessity for that to occur. At the same time, though, looking at some of their past booking options, it would make sense. I mean, you're, you're, you've already sort of turned the fiend into somebody who's kind of unbeatable, you know, for, between Seth Rollins and Daniel Bryan. So I do wonder what's going to happen. Like, are they going to position Goldberg to kind of take one? Is it going to be some sort of bizarre finish or, you know, who knows? Can you really have Goldberg? I, I know he's at a point in his career where, you know, he's in the twilight and he's lucky to be still doing what he's doing. But can you really have Goldberg come out and just do jobs? No, I don't. I don't think so. And I mean, I understand they're, they're going to throw a lot of money at him. Yeah. I get it. And I understand that his kid loves seeing. I, I understand all that. But from a character standpoint, Goldberg needs to come back and plow through some people at the very least. A little bit of a run where he's, you know, building up to, he, you know, he's still the unstoppable monster. He's still this, still, and then the fiend beats him at showdown. We haven't had that. So no. Goldberg, you're telling me in your theory, Goldberg is going to come in cold. Yep. And the fiend's going to destroy him. Yeah, I think so. I, I think, God, I hope you're wrong. I hope I'm wrong too. Yeah. I really do hope I'm wrong because if you think about it, it kind of doesn't make sense uh-huh. because if, if you were really to, to kind of book this out, you really would put the, but Goldberg over the fiend. Right. And then I think you set up the fiend moving forward where it's this sort of almost like heel redemption arc, you know, where he can kind of come back and he just keeps demolishing people, but there's still that one loss, you know, he lost to Goldberg, you know, but here's, here's the question though. And let me devil's advocate this. And I'm going to go against what I want to happen by asking (laughs) this. Do you think that like I've said before, when Goldberg was in WCW, he finally lost the bloom then was off the rose. Yeah. Do you think if the Fiend loses, if he suffers that first loss, is it done? 
I don't think so. I you don't. I I actually think that the fiend can remain strong and lose to Goldberg. Believe okay. it or not, and and it doesn't even have. It could be a semi clean finish on this, and uh, I still think that the mystique is still there. Or they I, could just knock the hell out of each other and just be done. Right. Oh like yeah. A double not a double DQ, but just you know, no nobody's getting up. Yeah. Double count. Like a last man last man standing. Right. Yeah, and and that that could that very well could occur. I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see some sort of you know kind of screwy finish with with this whole match going on because I I would think or you know my suspicion is that they're going to want to use Goldberg leading up to Mania. They're going to want to bring him back at a couple more matches yeah. on the way after the Super Showdown match. Well, that's but, another rumor I heard is that he's signed on to a couple matches up to and conclu- and including Mania. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, and what I've heard does as well. that look like? I and that's I especially know. if he loses. If so if he, he loses to the fiend, what does go? I'm sorry, but Goldberg was all about the wins. Yep. So and he still is, and, yep. and you're only bringing him back for the nostalgia. Well, guess what? The people who have that nostalgia boom for him remember Goldberg as Mister One Hundred and you know eighty seven thousand <laughs> and oh yeah, that's what we remember. Yeah. So when you take that away from us, I understand he lost to Lesnar a few years ago at Mania. Yeah. Whatever, I get it. And it, did he lose? He lost to Taker. You know. But yeah. He's still that machine. Yep. So if he loses in a week to the Fiend, well, then what? Then what do you do? I know. Do you try to build him back up? Do you, I don't. I know they. This to me, and and this is what we've talked about time and time again. They they've sort of booked this into a corner. And whatever happens, as soon as I realize, you know, we've talked about it before. When they're booked into a corner like this, it's always some sort of ridiculous finish. You know, like a disqualification in a hell in a cell right. when Seth Rollins braved. Yeah, because that was a great shining moment for them. It just and and that was really that hurt the character. That hurt Bray. That yeah. hurt his push. I would argue it hurt Seth a lot too. It didn't really move the needle on getting him into a heel persona after that. You know, it it really was just an awkward moment. Right. And I just feel like we're setting ourselves up for another one. So uh, let's wrap up WWE. What else you got? What's the, what's the big thing going on other than those two things that we love to complain about? Well, you know, the the big thing for me, big takeaway here, Charlotte Flair is challenging Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship match at Mania. I, I to me, this is just very bizarre it's genius it 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 is genius you know why so weird yeah because no one saw this coming totally if you would have asked out of left field i never would have thought that and you know what else this does is it helps to legitimize the nxt women's title yep Yep. so i think it is a a stroke of genius as far as booking goes and I, i think it makes that now a lot of people are tired of charlotte though always being in that picture yeah yeah She's not her dad. Uh, Ric Flair was always in the championship picture. Oh, yeah. Um, but we live in a different age. You and I talked last week about the fact that the you know the the attention span of wrestling fans is that like a fly? Yeah. <laughs> Lando, you can no you can't swat it because it's it's gone by the time you think about swatting it. Yep, it's true. Let's move on now, Alex, to AEW Dynamite. We saw this past week, uh, two days, well, Wednesday evening, and I've said at the outset of our show a couple weeks ago, our first episode that I rely on you to watch the new stuff. Cause I really don't tune in. Yeah. But when I tune in, things happen. <laughs> Alex and I were, I, I text Alex. It was at the opening battle Royal tag team battle Royal yep. for AEW. 
and they panned to and Alex. I'm sorry, you're gonna have to help me with names and who they were. Is it the Dark Order? That's that the Dark Order. Okay, um, the guy was over there with the microphone in the audience, and he was yep. talking. Yep. And I saw somebody behind the guy. He was sitting like he was in the audience. Yep. Um, over a little, you know, about three or four seats off from the main group of people. And I said to myself, that looks like Raven. <laughs> so I don't know what Raven's doing these days. I have no idea. Yeah. I text Alex and I said, was that Raven? No, no. You said he's still with Impact. Correct. And I said, are you sure that really looked like Raven? And Alex said, no, I, I don't think it was him. So they came back to him again. Now, he was just in the background. Yeah. And all the other crowd was, you know, up and they were into it. And this guy was just sitting and he sat like Raven did. Yeah. So I, 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 after the match was over, I rewound it and I got to that point and paused it, took a picture and I sent it to Alex. And I said, Alex, I give you Raven. <laughs> was I right or was I right? <laughs> you were totally right. It has to be Raven. So what's he doing in, in Impact? Now, they didn't show him as a character. He was not even shown per se, you know, it's like he was there and you're supposed to see that he was there, but they made no, no mention of it and nothing yeah. about that. Yeah. So do you know anything about I, that? I know nothing that, you know, when you texted me last night, I was like, oh, that's crazy. That can't be. There's no way it would make any sense. You know, as, as recently as even, you know, end of December and into January, I know there was a, a storyline going on with Tommy Dreamer and Raven in Impact as well as uh, Drake, which was pretty interesting, kind of yeah. funny storyline. So I don't know what's going on. There is a lot of mystery behind the Dark Order. Who is the exalted one? I have my own uh, theory on that. Okay, let's talk about that. because So I, I'm doing a little research here as we speak on, um, on Raven being there, and I'm finding that uh, it was Raven yeah. that, who was there, but um, has not premiered. Excuse me. And they're saying he hasn't been on an appearance um his last appearance was in 2010 at TNA. So that seems odd because didn't you say that that he's yeah. with Impact like up until now? Or? It seems that, yeah. I mean, he was involved, uh, it, you know, in a couple kind of one-off things over the past year that I'm aware of. Uh, and it seemed to me that he was definitely working with Impact, certainly working with Tommy Dreamer. You know, they have their own kind of thing going on as well outside of that. But that was shocking to me, big time yeah. shocking, especially because you have somebody like Taz on commentary for AEW now. Yeah. And they're really kind of leaning into that ECW Legends uh, area. It makes sense. I get where they're going with that. I I just I couldn't believe that you caught it. I didn't see it. I really did until I, until you sent me that screenshot. I thought, oh my gosh, that is Raven. That absolutely is. Well, this is interesting. If you look on All Elite's Twitter page, they show a video clip of of this happening, and and they're panning over, and you can see Raven in the background sitting, like you know we we saw. Yeah. The the caption that all this is from All Elite Wrestling, mind you, says, "Did you see it?" The exalted one is always watching. Mm -hmm. Do you think Raven is the exalted one? No, I, you know, until really until last night we had this conversation, my initial assumption was it's Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy was written off of WWE Raw this week. Right. He was written off. He was RKO'd into oblivion. He really got, a, a, in my opinion, a fantastic send off. He did yeah, a he did. great job. Yeah. I just loved what he did. Sort of like a champ. Yeah, and and that's exactly what you need to do. That's what a veteran yeah. does in this business. Agreed. That's how they do it. So 
when when Matt was uh, you know obviously written off, I thought, oh, here we go. You know, give it 30 days. We're going to see Matt as the exalted one. They may not go that route. They may actually employ Raven and see how that works. I Either way, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. I don't know. I think Raven's, I'm not taking anything away from Raven's mind for the business, but I think his his delivery has has passed its um, shelf life. That's fair. And because back when he debuted with that grunge, that kind of, you know, set apart, aloof type, you know, that was hot. In, oh yeah, in the in the Monday Night War era, and and people loved it. Now, not so much. I don't think people they don't understand that. That's it's true. Not the time for that. Yeah, that no, that's a valid point. That's and, a valid. Uh, point. So I just don't. I and plus, I think the quote unquote exalted one needs to be able to do good ring work. Right now, granted, Raven could work circles around me. Oh, uh, same. We're just analyzing here, so I'm not <laughs> claiming that I could do better than he can. But I, I just think that Matt Hardy would be the better of the two. Yeah, I mean, and Matt obviously has his issues, you know, health wise. Yeah, but you know, it was always very clear, especially in WWE when they came back. Okay, when they brought Matt and Jeff, they always wanted Jeff. It, it just seemed to me that Matt was sort of the package deal to bring Jeff kind of back into the fold and and give him that push. Kind of uh, like Lanny Poffo with Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. Got to take my brother. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm with you there. Oh, take, take my brother. I'll be there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Freak out. Yeah. So what else is AEW? Oh, I know. Oh, I didn't have to ask that question. So, I mean, unless you have something else to cover, I, I say we end AEW with uh, what... I think a lot of people saw coming, but it still was a shock. First of all, major props to AEW for their steel cage. Oh, beautiful. So good. I am a big devils in the details person, and their steel cage was top notch. It was just perfect. It was. It was beautiful. It it didn't have those bigger holes cut in for people to climb. It was the legitimate old school-esque, very much so... um, a, a, a wink to back in the you know, Dusty Rhodes, Tully Blanchard, Magnum TA, yep. and their cage match. And boy, did Cody deliver. Wow. Man. Unbelievable match. Did did you catch, uh, we hope you did. If you didn't, uh, please find it on YouTube. Uh, Cody ascends the cage, and man, he just rock and rolls, buddy. It's it's one of the, it's, um, it's funny to talk about a spot of the year this early in, in 2020. Boy, I'll tell you what. Cody getting on top of that cage. And, and the funny thing is, of course, they set the match up where you can't win by escaping. Yeah, it's everything is in that cage. You've yeah. got a pinfall or submission inside that ring. That is it. So when you see him going to the top, you already know you're set up. You already know that something crazy is about to happen. Yeah. You already know he's jumping off that bad boy. It's, it's going to occur. And I loved the work that Wardlow did. What an incredible athlete Wardlow is. He, I yeah. thought he looked incredible out there. Great debut for him. But and Cody can make anybody look good. Oh, he can. He totally. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. He's, While at the same time making himself look amazing. Yeah, yeah, and that, and you know, donning the old school crimson mask. I. Mm-hmm. It was just. It was perfect. It was like I had flipped on, you know, the TV in 1998. This yes. is perfect. You know, it is everything that you want wrestling to be yeah and i you know where i am in my life i don't have the uh, the time to devote to watching i pick up highlights but 
if if I if I were not expecting a baby, if I if I were not in the situation, and I don't mean that in a bad way, that I'm in um, at this time in my life, man, I would be watching every Wednesday night. Yeah, that yeah. that two hours would be. It just it just reminds me, and and to see these these guys and girls who are bringing their character up yeah, and they're introducing the audience to their character. It is so much like the opportunities that Vince gave during the attitude era. Yep. You, you know, you had these characters, you didn't know who they were, but man, you watched them grow. Yes. And you were so vested in them and every match means something. Mm-hmm. But can I complain, Alex? Absolutely. Better than anyone, you know, right? <laughs> I, I have a big bone to pick with, the battle royales and the Royal rumbles and, and battle Royals either have rules or don't mm-hmm. this stuff of, first of all, in the battle Royal on AEW dynamite this past week, the, suddenly about halfway through, there was a team that decided then they were going to get in the ring. Mm-hmm. Why? What? You should be there from the beginning. Yeah. Everyone should be there in the beginning. And if you're not get out, yep. you lose, you forfeit. Not only that, but once you're in the ring, stay in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you go under the if you leave the ring, now granted we know over the top feet touch your you know right you're out. But if you leave the ring, you should automatically be disqualified. I do not disagree at all, and they've played really fast and loose with their rule yeah. set from the beginning. It's been a big complaint from AEW that, and it's not just them. No, it's, it's not. not. No, uh, I think WWE does a little bit better job. Yes, with, I with agree. The rules. Um, but you know, just, and enough with the over the top springboard back over the top. Oh dear God. Uh, yeah, it, it's tiresome. It really is. Just get out in there, in there, beat the crap out of each other and throw them over the top rope and be done with it. My issue with this battle Royale, as opposed to the other ones that they've done, you know, they've done the casino battle Royale. Those were all good. They all entered in intervals. They were able to, you know, set it up where, especially the Casino Battle Royale, where you drew a suit, and in that suit you would come out with, you know, three or four other folks, and you were in the ring. It, it was just awkward to me that, A, it was tag teams, everybody's in there, and it was just packed from the jump. Yeah. So, of course, you kind of had to have people sort of exit. You know, you have Santana and Ortiz immediately just stepping out of the ring, and, mm-hmm. okay, well, y'all have fun, enjoy your, you know, time in there. It didn't get over right. with me at least. I don't know, but uh, I wasn't a huge fan of that. Well, I'm going to make up a rule. If you complain, you have to compliment. It's true. Yeah. So I've complained. Yeah. Now I'm going to compliment. <laughs> the compliment goes to um, Statlander. Oh, yeah. I was not a fan. I was texting Alex during this match as well. I was not a fan of the match overall. Yeah. I I, th- I don't know. I think it was Shanna's ring work was, was really just not jiving with me. Yeah. Um, I wasn't feeling it. But my compliment goes to Statlander for her finisher. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Yeah. Where in the world did that come from? Uh, and it's it's totally unique. It's yeah. something I you know that I'd never really had seen prior to seeing Statlander in AEW. And I think that's what made it special is because there's very little originality yeah. anymore. I mean, every, you, you think every move is, is taken. Right. But this is just a little twist on a tombstone pile driver. Yep. And again, it's women doing it, so it's... It is different. Yes. Um, but anyway, so that's my, that's my compliment for my complaint. So. Yeah, I love uh, I love Statlander to begin with. It, it's clear she's getting a push. I don't think this match really did a whole lot for her. I thought the pacing was a little bit off, but my gosh, she can work with just anybody. It's crazy. I felt like Shanna was the equivalent of a jobber. 
just yeah. there to to do the job. Yeah, I think I think on some level. I mean, the last time we saw her was the end of October on AEW. She was facing uh, Hikaru Shida, uh, you know, helping kind of Shida rise up in the uh, ranks, so to speak, towards yeah. the women's championship. So yeah, I, it definitely is that the, that case. I'm working, Alex, on getting us someone for next week who is um, a bit extreme. Ooh, we'll we'll just we'll leave it at that. How, how about that? <laughs> just just a tad extreme. One of the nicest people that I've ever come across in the wrestling world, and hopefully he can join us and talk to us next week. So uh, until then, thank you so much for joining us. This is episode three. We will talk to you in a week on Dog and Bumps. It's Talking Bumps with Tiny and Alex. Follow Talking Bumps on Twitter at Talking Bumps.